0: Okay, we got two issues going on here, so I'm going to try and hit them both real quick in the interest of time. Number one, when this started, the World Health Organization released two codes for deaths of COVID-19. U07.1 and 7.2. 7.1 is for a lab-confirmed diagnosis. 7.2 is for presumed or clinical diagnosis. It says it right here. Come down here. April 17th, right? You guys remember that? It was only a few days ago. Anybody remember the death toll? Like what, 30, 40,000? Not according to the CDC. It was 13,130. A third of what you were told on the news. Odd. But here's the kicker. Even this number's padded. See that 7.1? Uh-oh, they got a little number 1 after it. That means they've done something. Down here deaths with confirmed or presumed COVID-19 coded to ICD-10 code U07.1. Why not use 7.2? Yeah, real. Why not use 7.2? I'll tell you why in a second. Doctors and nurses everywhere freaked out on March 4th when this came out. This is from the National Vital Statistics System, issued by Steven Schwartz, the director started instructing them for the first time in 50 years on how to fill out a death certificate. They had questions nonetheless. So they started asking those questions. On the 24th, Schwartz came out with, ah, oh, there we go, alert number two. Remember the date, March 24th. This is important. You're about to see it in action, folks. So down here, he tells them explicitly, in bold print, or is presumed to have caused or contributed to the death it should be put on the death certificate now if you know legalese that's what they just did to you there's no punctuation there so all of that is one thing so what they're telling you is if covid-19 is assumed to have contributed to the death you are to mark it as a covid-19 death on the death certificate so of all these pandemics that actually happened where we have real data you get down to The last flu season, 2017-2018, did you guys even know that 80,000 people died that flu season? Did you know that almost a million Americans were hospitalized? Yeah, most people don't. Here's the sad part. We're never going to know the real COVID-19 numbers because they're combining them all. So we will never have accurate data. Now, you guys are all down here for this isolation thing, right? I'm going to show you this real quick. July 2020. You see it right there highlighted july 2020 volume 26 number 7. this is a leaked cdc document we're giving you today from oh, wow. debunk this Fauci, find this hashtag find our videos find all the real data folks this is that says that how we find you then we go there yep Thank you can you. google search that this says right here and all this cool highlighted stuff i'll give you the gist that home isolation might not be a good control strategy why because it leads to increased Familia cluster infections. In other words, it's making it worse, folks. Thank you. 100 proof that they're.
1: Good evening, YouTube. This is our future, and the power's with the people. Just want to let you know, I am a respiratory therapist. I've been doing this for 21 years. Um, I've been kind of all, all over the place doing this. I want to do, show you our equipment room here. Uh, so. We want to talk about COVID-19 for a few minutes. And the first thing I want to say is, is, does it look like there's a ventilator shortage? (laughs) There's not. Okay. As a matter of fact, we're running less ventilators right now than uh, we would normally run. Uh, And that's because people are just staying home. They're not having elected surgeries. Uh, I want to talk about the numbers uh, and the criteria that goes into uh, what a COVID patient is or a patient under investigation, what's also called a PUI. Uh, basically, right now, and the way it has been the last couple of months when they locked us down, is that any patient that came in with a respiratory problem uh, was labeled covid now that doesn't matter if it's, uh, you got stage four lung cancer and pancreatitis and heart disease and liver failure and everything else. Uh, you're, you're, you're still, because you come in with breathing problems, uh, you're labeled a COVID patient. Now we have one lady uh, that could do the testing at first um, that would go, those tests went to the CDC. Only one person uh, was qualified to, uh, to test that for the whole, whole place. So several of these patients under investigations uh, were never tested, uh, and maybe they died or whatever, uh, then they would die of COVID and not of stage 4 lung cancer or these things. This is clear that this is what's come out. Every single patient that needs one of our pieces of equipment here, uh, any of this, if they need any of this stuff, Okay, then they are a rule out COVID. And these tests have taken as long as two or three weeks uh, to get back. We're finally getting what they claim. They've been claiming this for a month, but we're finally getting in-house testing. That's going to change the game. And I think that's that's what's going on at most places. And what that also means is is that now you're going to see the numbers either go up or go down. And I would suspect we're going to see them spike up and then spike down real quick. And, and this is the reason for the number of deaths. So y- you have to recognize that if every single patient is under COVID uh, investigation and dies, then that goes into a COVID death, and they're showing the numbers like a football game to scare you. They're showing you loading bodies into a tractor-trailer, To scare you, I've never in my career ever seen bodies loaded into a tractor trailer. It just doesn't happen. I wonder if those were even bodies. I really don't believe it. All of this stuff is fake. Okay, look at our ventilators. And let's talk about ventilators and why there would be a shortage of ventilators. Well, this is non invasive. Ventilation here, CPAP or BiPAP. This is a mask that gets strapped on you and we can help you breathe with that. We're not allowed to use those. Okay. Um, We're finally opening up to where we can use them a little bit. But for the most part, since COVID came out, they said absolutely not. That's going to cause the virus to spread Uh, all over the place by spraying aerosols everywhere and so we can't use it you have to let the patient crash and go straight to a ventilator okay traditionally that's not the way we would treat a patient we also have aerosolized medications bronchodilators we're not allowed to use those either so everything that we would traditionally do uh, we're not allowed to do Every patient that comes in, no matter what their history, is labeled a COVID under investigation. So if that patient dies, that becomes a COVID uh, death. Okay. So there's a lot of weird things going on when it comes to the testing itself. I've been looking at this for about a month now, uh, but you can also look for yourself. They were open about it on CBS News the other night um they're not testing for a virus like if you go to you get sick you go to the hospital traditionally you get tested for flu a and b flu a by the way is h1n1 the one that killed everybody in 2008 uh they'll test you for rsv those are actual viruses that that you know they they will test you for uh this covid test is different they're testing for an rna sequence uh from a reaction to the virus. And look this up, please look it up. They're not testing for a virus. There's not one test that tests for a virus, okay? Then they put it in a PCR, it's a PCR test, which means it amplifies it. So if there's any little, one little shred of that RNA sequence um, from a damaged cell um, in, your, in your lungs or in your uh, nasal passage, you're gonna test positive. Now, that can come from cancer, that can come from radiation, that can come from several things. So, and then you hear all this talk on the news about uh, antibody therapy and all this other kind of stuff, people wanting to donate plasma, everything else, but they're not talking about the virus itself. They're not testing for the virus itself, and that's a big, big issue because that makes you say, well, is this As infectious as they're telling us it it is because if it was as infectious as they're telling us it is these would all be in use and everybody would be dying and we're not seeing that okay um this is unbelievable every bit of this has been created okay if you cannot use the the non-invasive ventilation and have to go straight to this, the ventilator, that creates a ventilator shortage. But you also want to ask, why is Ford and GM in the business of making ventilators when we have plenty of companies that already make ventilators, you know? What kind of ventilator is it? What does it do? Who's going to train us on those ventilators? And, um, you know, how's it going to be tested? Uh, and then, what is the cost per ventilator that the United States is paying Ford and GM for these these products? Uh, that really aren't obviously needed. So all this talk you hear on the news by the governors and everybody else, we're having shortages of ventilators. It's not true. It's not true. Okay. So how about healthcare workers? Yeah, we're getting one or two healthcare workers are coming up positive. And, you know, that that would be expected, but I would actually expect a lot more healthcare workers to get sick and come up positive. And we've had some extreme uh, contamination issues from patients that didn't show any symptoms, wasn't a patient under investigation, and then all of a sudden came up positive, and none of those healthcare workers uh, came up positive, got sick, carried a fever, or anything else. Just to show you real quick, here's my uh, PPE that I have to wear. <clears throat> sorry, here's my PPE that I have to wear. There's an N95 mask uh, in here and a uh, face shield. And, of course, we got some gowns and stuff. But we're going uh, wearing this for five shifts uh, minimum before we can get a new one. All right. So I'm contaminating myself. Every time I put this N95 mask in the shield in this bag, it's contaminating. It's contaminating over and over and over again. And then I'm putting the mask on. Okay, I'm still here, I'm not sick, and nobody else is either, except with the exception of one or two. If you look at the areas that these people are in, where the hotspots are, uh, like such in Georgia as Albany uh, and Atlanta, you really have to say, well, why are all these places happening in these condensed areas? Uh, well, <laughs> I truly believe this is uh, something else that's causing this. All these patients have comorbidities, uh, they're all... Older, The ones that are, you know, in life threatening uh, situations and, and the mortality rate is really not that low. So if you actually look at what's going on compared to H1N1, H1N1 was a million times more scary than the COVID-19. Uh, when it comes to vaccination, Uh, You cannot vaccinate yourself really for a sinus infection. It's just not going to work. You can't vaccinate yourself for every little human element that there is. You know, people are going to get sick. What traditionally happens with viruses such as this, if this is a virus, and I'm not so sure it is, but you're going to have a a real spike such as in SARS, Zika, um, H1N1. Uh, you're going to have a spike, and then it's going to lose its its efficacy, and it's going to drop, and, and the mortality rate's going to drop. I mean, the people that get really sick is going to drop, you know, so you have this initial little bang, and then it drops off. That's what a virus normally does. I'm not c- completely convinced this is a virus, and I've been doing this a long time. Um, do your own homework. Do your research, but the equipment should speak for itself. Does this warrant shutting down the country? Does this warrant... Um Six to ten trillion dollars in economic stimulus just for this country uh, does this warrant all these things that are being put in place i mean does does this warrant um the trillions lost does this warrant locking everything up beaches you know uh, hiking trails, tennis courts. Uh, the bars, restaurants, pool halls, uh, um, schools—does this warrant this? I, I really don't think it does. Um, not even close. So y'all need to be asking some some really hard questions here and questioning your government and questioning the people in charge and also questioning your doctors because the doctors believe this stuff just as much as everybody else does. But they're not looking at the real information. All they're doing is is they're told something and, hey, guess what? They got lives. They got jobs. They got everything else you've got plus some. They don't care. I mean, they do care, but they're not going to go look it up. They're not going to look up exactly what this test is. They're not going to look up that, hey, why aren't we getting these infection rates? They, 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 you know, they look up the little things that they're told look up, and that's it, just like anybody else would. Okay, so, you, you know, these questions really have to be asked. And then for the Trump supporters out there, I want to ask you something. Think about this for a minute. We're doing the same thing they're doing in France we're doing the same thing they're doing in Italy. We're doing the same thing they're doing in the UK. So, does that mean Trump's really in charge of this whole thing? Because I really don't think he is. I think he's being told to do what he's doing, and, and, and that's the way it is. I mean, it, this is a deep state, Illuminati stuff, and <laughs> it, it, this is the real deal. And they're shutting the world down, okay? Y'all people really need to understand this. The world, Okay? And they're putting our kids and grandkids in severe debt uh, that will never be paid off. And if you you think of how many taxes you're paying now, can you imagine what our children and our grandchildren are going to have to pay for this scam? So please look up, do your homework, ask questions. Look at our equipment room. Ask, why can't we use this if we're not seeing the infections? You know, why can't we use this non-invasive equipment? Why are we having auto manufacturers make ventilators? Who's testing the ventilators? What kind of ventilator? Price per ventilator. All these things. The economic stimulus package. You you, you know, is is this going to be another corporate bailout where they, you know, give themselves million-dollar bonuses while we starve? I, I bet you it will be. So this is real dangerous time we're coming into when it comes to the vaccination. I promise you
2: go viral. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate messages after this. Frankly, I don't care because this could save someone's life. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner. I am licensed and certified. I am not on the front lines. I have a friend in New York city who's on the front lines and for her safety, she cannot come out and say these things. So I am her voice. I'm not going to name names of people or hospitals for the safety of those involved, Um, but this is her account, okay? I am her voice here. I'm gonna tell you what she has told me. She wants this to get out. Now, I'm sure this is not the case everywhere. I'm confident. I, I have friends that are in other places. They're on the front lines, they're in ICU, and it's not like this everywhere, but in New York City right now, in some of the hospitals, this is what is going on. People are sick, but they don't have to stay sick. They are killing them. They are not helping them. She used the word murder. Coming from a nurse who went to New York City expecting to help. Patients are left to rot and die. Her words. She has never seen so much neglect. No one cares. They are cold and they don't care anymore it's the blind leading the blind. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was on with some nurse friends of mine and we were discussing different medications that could be used to potentially help people. Doctors who were reporting around the country that they were using a combination of medications that were helping people. People were not dying when they were on these medications, they were getting better. Those medications are not being used in hospitals in New York City. What is happening is that they're putting people on nasal cannula if they require more than six liters of nasal cannula. They get intubated, they go on the vent, or they get traked. if there's not enough vents. They don't get high flow, no non-rebreather, no non-invasive ventilation, no CPAP, no BiPAP. They're on a closed system, the ventilator, versus a CPAP or a BiPAP for fear that it will spread the virus which by the way, I know a nurse in Florida who was fired for exposing that about CPAP and BiPAP and patients being put on the ventilator, like straight away to the ventilator to be on a closed system. The patients don't know any better. They don't have family with them. There is no one there with them to advocate for them. So they are scared and they give consent. The ventilators have high peep, high pressure which then causes barotrauma. It causes trauma to the lungs. Dr. C- uh, Sedel, Cameron Kyle Sedel, a few weeks ago, put out a video. He's in New York City, and he put out a video saying something is not right, like we're not treating this correctly. We're doing something wrong. This doesn't make sense. They pulled his video from YouTube and they took him out of ICU because they couldn't have one doctor going against the grain, going against their protocol. The protocol is propofol or some kind of sedation because they're on the ventilator and IV antibiotics. There's no hydroxychloroquine. They're not using that combination with Zithromax. They're not using zinc, vitamin C, high doses of vitamins A and D. They laugh. This is what she's told me. They laugh at that. She says, this is a nightmare. It's out of a horror movie and I don't want to be a part of this. There are people who are a full code And yet, if they crash, they're not doing compressions because it will spread the virus. Full code, not doing compressions. Family is not there. They have no one to answer to. No one is being held accountable. A code was called and no one came. So sometimes they're not even resuscitating people. Again, left to rot and die. They're not given blood because we know that the blood is not oxygenated in these COVID patients, we know that. There there are doctors all around the world sounding the alarms. These are the drugs that work. This is the pathophysiology of the the disease. This is what's happening. And for some reason, it's not changing. Even though we know, some of us know what's going on, nothing is changing on the front lines. They stay in the same PPE, all shift, except for the top pair of gloves. So two pairs of gloves, or I don't know, maybe more than two, but they're only changing the gloves on the outside gown, mask, whatever else stays the same because all patients are COVID patients. So if it's a COVID floor, it's all COVID, but it's not because some of them are rule out COVID. So even if they're rule out COVID and they're not COVID, they're gonna get COVID because they're using the same PPE all shift and they're carrying that contamination to all the patients. They're not changing their PPE. They're not going into rooms. So they're running long tubing into the room so that they can manage the tubing from outside of the rooms. So if they're not going into the rooms, that means they're not assessing the patients as frequently as you would be otherwise assessing your patients. They are not doing rapid result tests. You're lucky if you get results in five days. Okay, this is coming from my friend who is in New York City right now on assignment, who went there to help and this is what she's finding. It's a horror movie, she says, not because of the disease, but because of the way it's being handled. She said we need help and people are sitting there waiting in the hotels. Money, I guess being paid is being paid for by FEMA, and yet they're still understaffed and there are hundreds of people, hundreds of nurses in the hotels waiting to be called onto a shift. So there is manpower enough if the goal were to actually save people but resources are not being utilized properly or to full capacity in a way that maximizes the patient benefit or improves the outcomes. The records and charting are crap. And now some of these hospitals in New York City are probably crappy on a good day. So you add in the fear of COVID and the fear of the whole pandemic and forget it. So you're dealing, if you're in a crappy hospital with crappy nurses, let's face it, all of us nurses have worked with crappy nurses before who don't care, so now you add in this Forget it, and they're having people do things that they can't do. So maybe things that they're not proficient in. So maybe a nurse who's not familiar or comfortable with using a ventilator, and it's that figure it out mentality. Figure it out. These patients are critical and they're crashing. Figure it out. So nurses are being celebrated as heroes, right? We see how like the fire trucks and and the police are like lining up and practically having these parades and celebrating them as heroes. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure in some parts of the country in other ICUs, I have friends that are working on the front lines in ICU and they are good nurses. And some of them are heroes. But we have nurses being celebrated as heroes who are killing people. They're not heroes. And they're being brainwashed to think they're doing something great just by going to work because they're brave enough to go to work. Well, what are you doing at work? You're certainly not saving people if you're you're not even running codes. You're not even going into patient rooms. You're a coward. You're hurting people, you're killing them, you're contributing to the problem. I know I'm gonna get hate mail for this and that's fine because people are dying who don't have to die. Again, there's no family there, so no one's being held accountable. And once these people get intubated, they're being scared into giving consent to be intubated and then for a lot of them, it's over. And there's nobody gonna be held accountable and there's nobody looking out for them. They are completely by themselves. There's like a total lack of critical thinking. It's out the window and people are scared to speak up and one person alone isn't going to change the overall culture of a hospital or a system or a city. Like I said, Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel's video was pulled from YouTube and he was pulled from the ICU for sounding the alarm and going against the grain. So people are sounding the alarm. It's just not changing anything apparently. So what can you do? Buck the system. I'm really fortunate I don't have any family in New York City that I personally have to worry about. If there are people that you are worried about, or maybe it's not even New York City, maybe you're in another city that's being really hard hit and you're just hearing really bad things coming out of that city, buck the system. Something is wrong in the system. So go against the grain. Request records immediately. Records transcripts immediately. If there's a medication that you want your loved one to be given, report it as an at-home medication and demand that it be continued. That's just a tip from inside the system. If you want a medication to be given, you've got to report that it's an at-home medication and that you demand that it be continued. Your loved one is not gonna have you in there advocating for them once they go in. You're not allowed in. The only reports that we're able to get of what's going on are coming from the inside and people are afraid to speak out People have lost their jobs. Do not give consent for intubation if you don't want to be intubated or your loved one to be intubated. Demand non-invasive or less invasive ventilation methods. As Soon as you give that consent, you might not come out of it. Now, in some cases it might be appropriate. We just don't know. We know that it's being used inappropriately in a lot of cases and that the ventilators are making people worse. Please share this video, make it go viral. People need to know this. This is the truth of what's going on from my nurse friend who's in New York City right now on assignment. This is murder, she says. People are being murdered and no one cares. Horrible care.